Welcome back to Life at Hobridge School, the podcast where we speak to pupils, to staff and to parents to find out what it's really like. In every episode, we'll be talking to members of the school community to hear real stories of life in the school. So let's get into this episode, looking at life at Hobridge School. In this episode, I'm excited to catch up with an alumni of Hobridge School who really is making a name for himself in the music industry. We find out how a cheeky message resulted in him signing for the Dirty Hit label, how he found his style of music and his future plans. We also discover what advice he would give to today's Hobridge pupils. Let's meet Bo. Hi. Hello. Thank you for joining me today. Thank you for having me. I have to say, love your music as well. Thank you very much. Thank you. <laughs> so it's been a while now since you left Hobridge. Tell us about the journey. <laughs> how, <laughs> after you left school, how did you get to where you are today as a recording artist? So after I left, I, I went to another school for a while and then I, I started posting on social media. And so I decided, I, I posted covers and things. So I decided to leave school when I was 14 and I started doing that, but my mum said, oh, you have to get your GCSEs and A-levels still. So I homeschooled for two years until I was until I turned 16 and I did my GCSEs and A-levels just before my 16th birthday. And then I did music and just kept doing that, posting on social media and stuff until I was like, until 2019. And then that's when I signed to Dirty It. Wow. So looking back, do you still think your mum was sensible? Do you th- think it might be useful to have those qualifications in the long run? Yeah, because well, I think like obviously education's very important, and and uh, yeah, you don't you know no matter what you do, you don't want to be like you know you not not know everything. So and also you know you never know what's going to happen and stuff. So it's just good to have it, and and yeah, so I'm, I'm happy she made me do it. So tell us about your break into the music industry. Slightly interesting story I was reading. Tell me more. Yeah, so I um, I went to my favorite band. Uh, is the 1975 and I was at Reading Festival watching them perform and after the show I messaged the their manager who's also the head of their record label Dirty Hit and I told him I just like I was like oh, I love the show it was so good and stuff and he just sent a message all he said back was are you an artist as well and I was like yeah I just started learning how to produce and so I'd made seven songs, like practicing my production. And I just sent him a link to those seven songs. And then he texted me and was like, oh, I see you on the label. And then the lead singer of the 1975, um, Matty Healy, texted as well and was like, oh, I love the songs and everything. And then I signed to the label. What does that feel at that moment? It's like every person's dream, isn't it? I was eating a bagel. Uh, and <laughs> and I, I felt my stomach just like went, like dropped so much that I couldn't finish my bagel. So that's how it felt. So you've gone on a little bit since then. We're going to hear actually now a little tiny snatch of one of your your songs, Fall Forward. I just need some time to let my thoughts unwind. Summer's on my mind. Talk to my friends online to show them I'm alive. Summer's on my mind. Just some time. So go on then. Oh, you can sing it for me now if you want. <laughs> no, no, Do you want no, to sing no, me? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so so we that was lovely. So tell us about your style of music and and who has influenced you. I think it's really hard to define the style exactly because well, a it's like progresses. I've made more songs and made more music, but also it's I don't know genres feel like. They don't really make sense, you know, because everyone does so much different kind of music. And so I think 
I guess if I if someone's like, oh, what do you do? I'd say like um, indie pop or like alternative sort of thing. And um, my influences have been growing up. My favorite band was Green Day, and that's not very reflected. I haven't reflected that very much in the EPs I've currently released. But my next EP is a lot more like inspired by Green Day. Obviously, the 1975 people like Rex Orange County, Jeremy Zucker have been massive influences on my music. Now, you were saying that you were 14 and you were kind of ready to launch, ready to get into the business. So how young were you when you realised that you had talent? I th- it was actually at Hoe Bridge. I used to get sent out of the choir all the time because I just talk and stuff. But on one of the parents' evenings, I guess I was really young. This would have been like year three or something. The teacher said to my mum at parents' evening, like, oh, you know, he's he messes about a lot, but he's he's good at singing and stuff. So, you know, you should get him some lessons or something and start doing that. So then I started having singing lessons and stuff and it kind of went from there. That is incredible, isn't it? Because it's so often in, in a young person's life when a teacher spots something and then things just kind of go from there. Did you know yourself that, that you were good? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if I thought about it so much when I was that young. It was just, I just enjoyed doing it, you know. And I, I think I've always, not struggled, but I've always had like, oh, you know, you don't think you're like that you don't rate yourself that much. So I'm just like, yeah, it's all right. And then other people tell you, a big example is when I was doing my own production, I was like, oh, this sucks. Like I need to one day take this to a proper producer. Maybe I'll get a record deal and a proper producer will make it. But it was um, the head of Dirty Hit, Jamie, who said, oh, what do you mean? We don't need to take this to another producer. This is like good as it is. Let's, let's just get it mixed and put it out. So, you know, it's just sort of people along the way sort of give you confidence boost and let you know where you're at and stuff. And I think that's been really helpful for me. And how did you teach yourself production? Just watching YouTube videos. I just um, I just watched tutorials on YouTube, and also, well, it was the 1975s album called A Brief Inquiry into Online Relationships. That when that came out, I listened to it, and I, it just sort of made sense. That's when I started to try and produce. I I just listened to it, and I just copy every single sound I could hear, and like be like, all right, listen to that like drum. How do I make that sound? And listen to another song and be like, oh, there's some weird synth there. Like, and just try and everything I could to copy the sounds. And yeah, so it's just YouTube and copying. So it's still education, isn't it? You still obviously took that incredibly seriously. Yeah, I was, I don't, I don't like not being able to do something that is interesting to me. I, and also the idea of working with other people who are producing, say, for me and not being able to, I couldn't put into words what I wanted. You know, I, I, oh yeah, can you make this thing sound a bit more like, I, I don't know. I don't know how to say it in like English. <laughs> and so being able to learn to produce and be able to do it myself was really helpful. So you've been signed mm-hmm. and I've seen you performing and you look great and you sound <laughs> fantastic. So what does the future hold for you? Hopefully, well, performing is my favourite thing. So hopefully I'd, I'd love to just continue to do that, do more shows, do them as like frequently as possible. And yeah, just travel around doing shows. You look so relaxed. I haven't seen you live, but I've obviously seen you on your on your videos. You look incredibly relaxed. I'm going to be really rude here and say for your age, you, it's obviously just where you should be. Thank you. Sometimes I feel quite stressed, but <laughs> no, um, but no. Uh, yeah, it's just it's, it's fun to do it, you know, and just before you go on stage, you're like, oh, God, oh, God, like, what am I going to do? And then you get up there and it just feels it feels pretty natural and it feels right. And then at the end of it, especially if I do one a one off show and there's not another show for a little while, there's just this feeling of like frustration, like frustration. It's like, oh, I just want to just want to do it again. Like, so, yeah, I enjoy it a lot. I mean, I would describe you as incredibly mature, you know, musically as, as well as personally. You. Do you think that has anything to do with Hobridge? I'm hoping it does. I think 
Well, I think one of the biggest things that I took away from Hope Bridge, I had an English teacher there called Mr. Hayward. And I I never cared about the English subject before then. And he made me like love it. Like I loved English so much. I loved his lessons. I loved like having lessons with him. And he was also my form tutor. And he was, yeah, he was my favorite teacher that, that I've ever had. And I don't know if I'd be writing if like music, if it hadn't been for him, to be honest, because he made me like, appreciate poetry and and writing lyrics is sort of poetic. Yeah. <laughs> Not to sound like pretentious. Like, oh, I'm a poet. But no, but... Um, <laughs> you are. <laughs> but yeah, no, he was like a massive inspiration. And yeah, I shouted him out in a song once. But... <laughs> Does he know? Yeah, yeah, I sent it to him. We, we still chat on email all the time. But yeah, so Hobridge was a massive help in that way. Yeah. So if you went back to Hobridge now and uh, you were to sit in front of... The, the pupils I'm sure they'd be absolutely thrilled to have you there but kind of what advice would you have what top three pieces of advice would you have if somebody's looking to go into the music industry probably number one would be like take advantage of social media I mean you got Ed Sheeran and everyone else all of them are making TikToks these days so if all the big people are doing it all the small people are doing it you know it's it's sort of like you've got to be doing it really and it's it's so much more democratic that's the word I'm looking for yeah that's the word I'm looking for because it's like back in the day, you sort of had to be noticed by a big label and then have all this money put behind you. And, you know, there were so many barriers to get in there. But now you can, if you write a brilliant song and, you know, have access to a phone, you can post a video on TikTok and the whole world can decide that they love it. And that, that could be it, you know. So the possibilities are, like, are really endless with social media now. So that's probably number one. Number two, learn to produce if you can. It doesn't, you don't need like a crazy set up like big powerful computer if you have access again to a phone an ipad something like that there's there's so many different apps and ways you can and youtube videos that can teach you how to produce and even if you don't do it yourself just watching tutorials to get an understanding because when you're going into anything where you're working with other people just being able to like explain yourself and what you want is so helpful and will help you get the results you want a lot quicker and not sort of be directed by other people and then third would be Probably just to work, it's so obvious, but work hard because in a way of like other people aren't going to do it for you. Even if you have people around you who are so helpful and doing so much, like ultimately it's you who's got to do it because say you're on a big label or an agency or something, there's hundreds of people on that label or agency and you know, you've sort of got to take the initiative to push yourself. And then if you push yourself, everyone will follow suit and everyone working around you will like push themselves to get to your level sort of thing. That's really great advice. And I, and I suppose the other side of that, we you know we talk of social media, we talk of working hard, but how do you get to come to the top in social media? There are so many people sitting in their bedrooms making music. Is there something else that you have to do to sort of get yourself ahead? I have no idea. It's such a hard one. Well, like, well I guess you did the cheeky DM, didn't you? To, yeah, to, yeah. Uh, so yeah. So is it being cheeky? Is it is it kind of pushing yourself? How would you describe that? Well, with those kind of... So we had another one um, with, with just asking people for stuff. I guess kind of separate to social media, but for example, the message in um, Jamie, the head of the label. Also, we were trying to get a sample of a song. When you use like a sample on a song, you have to get permission to use it. Otherwise, you'd be in court. Um, Big trouble. Yeah. Um, and we were trying to get this clip from a movie called The Grand Budapest Hotel. It was directed by... Wes Anderson, who's like legend, one of the biggest directors ever, sort of thing. Untouchable. He doesn't have any social media. There's no way of contacting this, this man. And so 
we were trying to go through all the official like channels, you know, agents and uh, whoever else, labels, like trying to get in contact with him. No one could get the permission to sign off on this sample that I used. So I found out that he co-wrote the movie with this, this man called Hugo Guinness. And I found out he runs a, a print shop where he sells like sort of um, artistic prints that he makes. And so I just emailed the contact email on there, which was his <laughs> one. And I was like, hey, listen, I've made the song. I've written, I wrote it about your movie. And it's my favorite movie ever. I've got this sample in it. I don't know. Can you give me permission to use it? And he said, oh, I just spoke to Wes and showed it to him. And yeah, it's all good. We love the song. You can use it and stuff. And so I, it's just like another example of just like, so if you just ask people for stuff, they'll probably, well, they might give it to you or they might, you know, want it. people want to help people quite often. So yeah, I just think if you just go out there and ask people, then it helps a lot. But with the social media, I, it's a hard one, but I think a lot of it is just, it's just posting sort of consistently and, and being quite honest. And I think the day back in the day, people liked people flexing and, you know, show, show, being a bit fake online, but now it's all about being very real and sort of just being yourself sort of thing. That's some great advice. And actually using your own initiative, just going out on a limb and thinking, right, I'm going to do this. And you sound determined too. Would you describe yourself as somebody who just, you know, you know where you're going and you want to get there? I think so. Because I mean, 99% of the time, everything that I think is going to go to plan doesn't go to plan, you know, but you just got to go, all right, that didn't quite work. So how do I do it a different way? And just keep, keep trying and hopefully one thing will work. Yeah, I think that's, there speaks a young person. That's what's so lovely when you're young. You can just keep trying, can't you? Because you've got so much ahead of you that, hey, it doesn't matter, does it really? Exactly. Just, and also like at this point, I don't know what else there is. Like I've got music's like what I love sort of thing and what I want to do. So, you know, I've just got to do whatever to make it yeah. something I can do for the rest of my life. There's some sort of bad stories about the music industry, about getting kind of used and, and people taking your money, all of that kind mm. of stuff. How are you going to protect yourself? Have you, have you got a good support network around you? Your mum, you know, all that sort of thing. Your dad, are they, is a good support network? Well, A, my mum, she's, she's very smart. She's very good at all of the sort of law stuff. So she, she knows what's going on with that stuff. But also I have... That's handy. Yeah, very <laughs> handy. I have a, a manager, um, his name's Adam, and he, he's, he's very good as well. Like, and it always made sure to like protect me and look out for stuff, especially like on the, um, I guess, the financial side and all of that. You know, he set up like a structure, so we have... All the, all the right things in place and he got me meetings with people who explained money <laughs> and and stuff like that not not that I have a lot or anything but just in case one day <laughs> he um you know he, he made sure that I just sort of I'm aware of everything make sure when we sign contracts that we get them checked over by lawyers and yeah so he's been really great at, at making sure everything's all cool that's really pleasing to hear and and about money I mean are you driven by that or are you driven at the moment just by the music I'm driven just by the music and that what well, the only what, the only way that money really comes into it is it helps you do more stuff. For example, we're doing these shows and we like have some we need so much equipment and stuff, you know. Man, it's so expensive to do like big production shows. And so money's great there because it helps you do bigger shows if you can and it helps you get nicer. I'm literally the reason I keep looking over here is because oh you can't see me everyone listening, but I'm looking over to my left because there's all my new cases all of our equipment hey. that we just got up until now for every show I've been putting everything in suitcases that my mum lent to me and so I, we just get after every show we pick up every bit of equipment scoop it up and just like throw it in these suitcases and everything's getting all banged up and damaged and so now we've just bought all these really professional looking cases 
You got proper flight cases now, have you? All the all the gear. Yeah, you know, we've got all the flight cases and they're all like cut out so that you can slot things in the right place. You sound really passionate. It's lovely to hear it. <laughs> um, do, do you like the fame bit? I mean, you've got a huge amount. I, I, how many followers? You've probably got more. I looked yesterday. Have you, you've got hundreds of thousands of followers, haven't you? Uh, yeah, yeah, it varies on different platforms. The biggest one is TikTok. But um, sort of the fame, sort of like the money thing. Like you need money to pay for stuff. You need fame, I guess, for people to come to shows. <laughs> you know, I, my, my goal in life, I guess, would be to be able to do shows when, whenever I want for, I guess, ever. And so you need, people need to know who you are to buy tickets. And so I, I'm not interested in like walking out the house and someone there being like, yo, Bo, what do you think about this thing? I'm like, <laughs> I don't know, that, would, that doesn't really appeal to me. Just trying to go to Sainsbury's. But having the idea of like putting on a show and loads of people turning up is, is an amazing thought and something that would be really cool. And so I guess known by people for my music, not necessarily like celebrity famous. I don't know if they have to go hand in hand or... I think they might. Yeah, I think well. I think you might have it all actually, which would be <laughs> lovely. So just go back to Hobridge a minute. Do you do you do you remember your time well? Yeah, obviously you're not that old now. What, what were your sort of happiest times? Where what who and what and where did you like best at school? Well, as, as I said before, Mr. Hayward and lessons with him were brilliant. To be honest, I I really love learning, and even now I just spent all my time just watching like educational videos, sort of things on, on online. And so I, I loved the lessons at school. I learned a lot in them. I loved the science lessons, history lessons. We had we had a very eccentric history teacher called Mr. Harris. He was great. And um, yeah, and also like we, we had this um, summer camp at school. It's called Crocs. It was great. And it was mostly the sports teachers who, who ran that. And because I was rubbish at sport at school. So I had, I had my best time with the sports teachers in Crocs because then I wasn't expected to play the sports <laughs> I remember uh, actually I remember this one game I only got to play one away game of rugby like against another school and I was in the worst team and someone threw me the ball and I started running with it and I was like oh here we go and this massive guy like he must have been twice my height was like running towards me and I just thought to myself just this isn't worth it like there's I have nothing in this this just means nothing to me so I handed him the ball and I laid down and that was the one and only away game I ever played of rugby. <laughs> um, it's a great memory. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a good memory. No, honestly, every moment at that school was a great time and I loved that school. Was there anywhere particularly in the school that you used to go to that you enjoyed most in the grounds? Is there anywhere you sort of sought out that was your place? So, well, I loved the, the library because the building was, oh man, I don't remember now. It was Henry the someone, his wife's mistresses i don't know someone was someone connected to royalty it was their big like home that they got given and so it's like a beautiful like old building with amazing murals on the walls and stuff and this old library and things so it was it was nice to just walk around in, inside there and and go sit in the library and things outside it has amazing grounds there was this ditch called the ha ha and so yeah and, and th this beautiful tree which i think was planted as well by someone significant and so yeah it was really cool. And when it, there was a river as well that ran through the school. And at Crocs, we always used to play around the river. I don't know if they can still do that anymore. I think there was like, as I was leaving, like health and safety stuff was coming in. But like, <laughs> Well, you never know. You might be asked to go back and plant a tree. You might get to that point of fame where they say, oh, Bo needs to come back and plant a tree. Did fun. you hear the, the very exciting news as well that the school is going to extend to the older pupils? They're going to extend right up to GCSE now. I did. I think... So I was devastated when I left the school. Like 
I was so sad to leave like my friends and the teachers there. And so I th- I would have lo- I would have loved that when I was there to be able to stay until I was 16. And so, yeah, I think that's really cool. I'm pretty sure it's the only independent school in Surrey, right? Or somewhere or in the area that's like going to 16. So that's cool. Yeah, it is really cool. Well, it's been great to talk to you today. Um, I can only wish you well. I look forward to seeing you uh, perform live one day. Um, are you into festivals? Will you be going to any of the festivals this year, do you think? I am. There's uh, the Great Escape coming up, which I'll be at. And a few others, 110 and above and sonic wave i think those are the ones we've announced at the moment but yeah feel free to come to our show whenever you want you're always invited thank you oh wonderful (laughs) well uh good luck you uh you're amazing and uh, so is your music so it's been lovely to speak to you today nice to speak to you too thank you for having me that's it for this episode to find out more check out the school website hopebridgeschool.co.uk Now, the next episode is coming out soon. But in the meantime, thank you for listening to this one. Don't forget to follow or subscribe so you can stay in touch. And we look forward to seeing you next time. Bye for now.